What's going on, Serial Progress Seekers? Marshall here. On today's episode, Tabitha and I are sitting down with a very special guest to talk about a topic that we get questions about all the time. If you're the kind of business person or entrepreneur that works with physical products and maybe you're trying to build a company around it or make yours more successful, you're going to actually find this chat really useful as we have an absolute expert on the subject. So this is episode 88 of the Serial Progress Seeker podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Serial Progress Seeker podcast, where we share blueprints for building an unconventional life. Each week, we conduct expert interviews, talk strategies, and share advice for escaping the nine to five and building a life where you are free to do what you want, when you want, with whom you want, all while making an excellent living. Okay, Serial Progress Seekers, let's get started with the show. All right, Tab, I'm excited to get started today because this is going to be a real fun conversation. But as we kind of set this thing up, there's something specific I started thinking about because we're going to be talking about products today, right? And and some very specific, uh, some very niche products. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of dig something into that. But that started making me think about the products that I have sitting around me at all times, right? So I started looking around my desk. I'm like, you know, what are some things that I kind of depend on from a day to day that that I couldn't kind of get by without. So you, do you have kind of the, some of the same things that when you, when you go, when you start thinking about working from home and your, your setting around you, that's going on all the time. Are, is, are there any products that you kind of lean on every single day? Oh, there it is. There's <laughs> yeah, one. one of them. Literally. Mike can't live yeah, without it. it. So, that's a good but one. No, I'm totally yeah. old school. So I can't live without like my notebook, my notepad. I take notes and y'all can make ah. fun of me all you want, but I am old school. I take <laughs> notes and I always have, always have a notepad and a pen around me at all times. So that's any particular advice. kind of do you lean to any kind of notebook or any like a style or do you just like blank pages and you just go well it's got to have lined it's got to be ruled you know but i found one the other okay. day that has like the dates or like the month of the year and the dates next to it so i can like circle what date that is kind of cool i like that Okay. Okay. Well, I know we've got, we've got members of our team that are very into like the whole digital planner type thing. Mm -hmm. so, so I didn't know if that was kind of the vibe you kind of subscribe to. Do you use a planner as well? Nope. No, no, no. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a digital, I'm a, I use my, I lean on my, my calendar is what I lean on in my personal and professional life. Like everything lives and breathes on my calendar. So I totally get, you know what mine is? I, I was thinking about this. I was excited to kind of show you. This Let's is it right it. here. Okay. I'm sure you've probably seen one of these. This is my little beautiful Bose speaker. And it's because when I'm sitting here working, we're, we're, we're you know, obviously we're, we're working from home, but I, I like to kind of multitask and I didn't realize this about myself for a long, long time, but I like to listen to music and I really like to listen to podcasts. You know, we kind of, we all, I don't know, we all kind of consider consume different podcasts and stuff and kind of gives us some different ideas of ways we can make our better ours better mm -hmm. and stuff but um so i live and breathe by this speaker it's nice to have it it's connected by bluetooth so i can always play my music and and listen to uh you know my music that you know is literally stuck in the 90s at all times you know a lot of people a lot of my <laughs> close best. friends make fun of me no. for that and that's no. okay that's okay that's where it I'm, should I'm be. all right with it See, exactly. Yeah. But so I, I I love this conversation that we're going to talk about today. And that's where I wanted to start with talking about products and things that we rely on, because we're going to talk to somebody who relies on some products that are very unfamiliar to me. And I know you're a little more familiar with them. So why don't you in introduce who we're talking to today and what we're talking about? 
Yeah. So today is a really special day for me. If anybody has been listening to Serial Progress Seeker for any amount of time, you know that before I came to work here, I worked for a company called Relentless out of Phoenix, Arizona. And that's who we're going to be talking to today is the founder of Relentless and Defy Products, who just so happens to also be my brother, Drew Janes. Drew is definitely a Serial Progress Seeker. His life motto is he never stands still and he lives that each and every day. Look at him like squinting over there. He's, oh, <laughs> there's been questions in past podcast, if, if we could aspire to be any person, who would it be? And I would definitely say that Drew's probably number one on that list for me. He's an incredible human being. He's a great brother. He's uh, nice. started and grown two companies now, and I would love to dig his brain into some of those and talk about those. So Drew, welcome awesome. to the podcast. That's incredible. Thank you guys. Yeah, that's good. To, good to hang with you guys. I got to ask you, older brother or younger oh, brother? Gosh. Younger? Younger. Okay. All right. Brother. So you got the big yep, sister my vibes. I got to know what we're dealing with as we're going here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Although you wouldn't know it with the way we act sometimes. So, uh, so I just wanted to start today's conversation. Like, let's go back and talk about relentless for just a minute, because that's kind of where my professional journey started. Our last podcast we recorded, we talked about, you know, when you took a big risk and it was to go work for a small company that grew. And that was relentless for me talk a little bit about how relentless started and some of the bigger projects that we worked on. When yeah. You had relentless. So it's, it's fun to always go back. I think it reminisce, uh, from the early times. I mean, we, it's, it's, it's literally going back like 16 years. Uh, wow. In some ways, it's actually wow. hard to go back to, to relive some of that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's anytime you look back at your roots, it's always fun to kind of dust it off and revisit that and see what it is. But in the beginning, yeah, it was very humble roots. I mean, we grew up in a small town. Tabitha and I actually worked together in our family business, which obviously has its plus and minuses. Um, you know, and I think as yes, you work with family, is. like, yeah, you learn those boundaries and you also learn, you learn a lot. And so I think when we started Relentless, it was really like, it was really driven from a passion from just telling stories and and uh, just communicating those stories. I grew up loving wakeboarding as a young kid. Uh, and that was kind of like my, I lived it, I breathed it, I loved everything about it. And we were always around creatives and people that are doing amazing things. And we met editors and video producers. And back then, video was like a niche of a niche. Like it wasn't something that everybody does now. And back then yeah. it was like, oh, you do video? It's not a video camera? Whoa. Digital was just coming. Yeah. So anyway, there was a lot of like breakthrough things back in the, you know, very early 2000s. Um, and so, yeah, when we started, it was really uh, telling stories. And then you realize telling stories is great, but now we need to make money uh, and we need clients. And we, need uh -huh. we need revenue and you want to grow. And so it went from like this cool creative telling stories to like, how do we actually generate revenue with this? And so um, I'm, I'm skipping over a lot of details, but there was a day and Tabitha probably remembers this, that we were in the office and we said, okay, guys. Very distinctly. We had our way. Yeah. If we had our way, if we had our wish, like who are the clients that we want to go after? Who do we want to knock on the door and say, you can't live without us. We need to help you tell your story. And we put a couple up on the wall, put some logos up and, and, and it was literally like, okay, well, let's go. Started making phone calls. And it was like, I don't know. I, it's, it's been a while now, like 48 hours later, we get a, we get an email back and it's like, Hey, we got your email. This is great. Uh, we'd love for you guys to do some marketing with us. And at the time we grew up in Missouri uh, very agriculture related ag technology. So Case yeah. IH was one of those clients. So oh, yeah. uh, you got green tractors and you have red tractors. So the red tractors yeah. was was somebody that we had <laughs> reached out to and they took us up on our crazy uh, offer and off we went. And uh, what's funny is uh, we've been doing it for almost 16 years, still to this day. Wow. As a matter of fact, yeah, I have a uh, Oh, I started the combines back okay. there. I yeah, saw yeah, it earlier. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's, yeah, but that's, that's just one example of like, you know, how did it start? Okay. Yeah. You want to tell street stories, but then you're like, oh, I got to pay the bills. And, uh, it, and you also, you know, set some dreams and some crazy things you want to do and go after it and see what happens. Uh, 
when big was yeah, big. Yeah, because that was like a yeah. dreaming meeting. That was what yeah. it was, it was casting vision yeah. and making dreams and, yeah. and making those dreams a reality. It really was. So. Yeah, it really was. Big clients like Case That's awesome. In that meeting, you were at Relentless and you were going, okay, we're going to make a move and, and switch companies. Is, is, that, is that kind of what was going on there? Yeah, that's probably one of the things like how in the world did you go from working in a cornfield to working at the, you know, some of the, some big platforms and camera motion. So a lot happened in that time. But giving you the quick fast forward, we were actually, we love technology. We love innovation. We were one of the first companies to actually integrate drone technology. Back then, drones was wow. like an evil word. You called it yeah. multi-rotors because drones were like deadly in military. So we were multi-rotors. Anyway, so we were introducing like really big helicopters carrying cameras over cornfields. And then we integrated our own drones that we would fly. And then we had uh, our buddy Vlad, you know, he would be able to buy landing gear. So we'd actually catch it. Camera technology. Then we found a guy that had an incredible skill set in that area. We hired him, started making our own camera gimbals. Long story short, that side of the business grew significantly. We started a company called Aerial Precision Ag. We sold multi-rotors that went over farm fields to collect data. We ended up selling that company. We kept the technology of the gimbals. And then we went to a trade show in Las Vegas and said, hey guys, we love filmmaking. We made this little handheld gimbal. Uh, and Defy launched one of the first handheld gimbals in the world. Uh, just after wow. Freefly announced theirs. It was it was days after Freefly Systems had announced theirs. And I think we accredited to one of the first companies in the world to actually sell, engineer, sell, and ship um, a gimbal. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah. It's like a relic now, but that transition was not was not common like it literally cornfield innovation sell it and now we're like what do we do as a matter of fact we were on a shoot with case ih i opened my inbox because we went to the show and said hey we got this thing if you're interested just call me email me i gave my personal information a blogger took it i'm sitting in the cornfield emails come in and i'm like somebody hacked my emails i opened my inbox and there's like 300 300 emails people were like here's my credit card information i'm like whoa this isn't even a thing so the business was forced in that way and we were like wow okay. this little idea we had actually took off so if i started from again dreaming chaos go out there try it and it apparently worked and now what do you do so back up a couple of steps because marshall's not in yeah. this industry and a lot of people are not what is a gimbal explain <laughs> yeah, to him what a gimbal is please, thank you <laughs> this is this is one of those I, I had it here this is really fun we got this award the best of 2013 it's all like yeah like, oh gosh yeah, look at this yeah Dang i know and we got to this like magazine i found this and i had to pull it out a little bit a gimbal so it's a, you know the you know the camera stabilizers you see everybody walking around with the iphone stabilizers back yeah. then it was gimbals two-handed you put big cameras on them we started with that and we were building uh, around really small cameras and then really big cameras and then it, it the product evolution started there but that was in 2012 so obviously not there anymore that's not our world so we don't do gimbals yeah. like that we, we do other things but that's where it started it's amazing to think that was only 10 years it ago. Like, like it has changed. <laughs> I know it's changed so much though in that amount of time. So, so what made you and in, in D, obviously D was a big part of this, bringing him on massive, board, but what massive. made you guys create a gimbal in the first place? I mean, was it a need in for Case IH for doing those shoots? I mean, was there a need there or did you just see an innovation that, oh, I can probably apply this to that and make yeah, it work I mean, as it's, well? It's problem solving. And I think that any, any industry could probably say this, like, what, what are we doing and how do we make it better? Well, putting a camera on any type of flying system is going to look like garbage. Uh, walking around with a camera in your hand back then did look like garbage. And so stabilizing a camera was something that was revolutionary. And usually it required a steady cam, which is very expensive and it's very time consuming to learn. So 
brushless technology was becoming available, which are the way the motors kind of interact and work. And so we built that for the drones that were, yes, for agriculture, but we also made a handheld rig out of it because we're like, oh, we could walk around. Then we've got both applications and, and we weren't the first to do it. Uh, I think we were one of the first to actually package it, sell it, and ship it, support that globally. But um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where it started with solving that problem and making it look buttery smooth, regardless of what you put it on. Tab, I, I definitely want to ask about because the the process is really interesting to me. Tell me about like your investment, and I'm not talking about just I'm, I'm not talking basically money, but what kind of time and energy were you guys putting in at that point yeah. when, to to get this thing kind of you know to the point where you wanted to you know push it to the mass market, and then you know what what did that what did that take? That's a good question. Everything. I bet everything. Yeah, uh, it's funny because we reminisce about you know the, I think any entrepreneur that's wanting to start something, it's like that that first season of any entrepreneur's journey is a like, full of those endeavors of so. It, let me let me put it this way. When we first launched, this will help give you context. We sold over a million dollars worth of product. We didn't have a product. Wow. We didn't have the process to make the product. Sounds great from the outside world. Yeah. It was terrible oh. to have somebody give you, you know, we we're like, and we were buying CNC machines. We were hiring people. I don't think I slept for the first year. Uh, we were <laughs> putting it together and we were building the technology. I mean, we were actually building the plane as we flew it, so to speak. So what was the investment? Really, it was everything. And it, yeah. and it sounds like, you know, wow, you guys are really successful. It's like, no, you really just had to work really hard to not die <laughs> every day. And I think it was, yes, it was money. Obviously, you, you, you're you basically borrowing time to, to build a product. But I think it's also like, I learned so much about people managing processes, managing people, managing the the ambition, like losing that ambition of why you started in the first place has never left this company. And there are moments when it tried to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when you start to lose why you did it in the first place, which is also so important to me. And I did so many things wrong back then. And I, I love it because when looking back, it's like, those are the scars you get and you'll never get them again. But once you got them, you can move on. And so what, yeah. did, what did you invest? Literally everything. You know, it, it was a major sacrifice. It was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> and uh, it, and it's and the company's not what it is then. You know, obviously we're, we're not even doing gimbal anymore. I mean, we're into stabilized heads. We build cable cam systems for major sports and feature films and big camera gimbals. But that thing, that sacrifice is still there today. It's just very different. And I think you try to learn from those scars and not repeat them. But right. yeah, it's other entrepreneurs that are like, oh man, it must be great like to have a product <laughs> and sell it and you get money. The grass is always greener. Or it's green where you water it, right? So yeah, it's yeah. Always. So I know this about you. We've never was in manufacturing before ever, never built anything. It was always creative stuff. So how in the world did you go through the process and learn how to find somebody to manufacture it, find ways to get your, your product out there into the market and, and, and going to NAB and, and talking about, you know, like, how did you just go from this idea and you've got it in your hand and you're at NAB and people are email 300 people are emailing you over one weekend. Like, how did you go from this, this idea to actually Actually learning how to manufacture an actual physical product that you fail can hand hard, somebody. Fail fast, fail a lot. That's mm-hmm. how. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's there's no there's no roses around the story. I mean, it, it was a, it was a success story. I think when you look at it in that sense. But I think how did we do it? You just try it. I, I'm a big believer of you've got ten of these. Hopefully, most of us have ten of these, <laughs> and what you do with them actually matters. Like actually, <laughs> actually being able to, to to run after an idea and not you know so we can sit, we can talk, we can plan, we can talk about process. But at the end of the day, it's what are we doing? Um, and I. I think during those moments, our value was at our speed. I think we were able to say, okay, well, next step, we've got to start machining. 
doing this. And, you know, there's a lot I regret. You know, we, we built an entire machine shop. We ran 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week. We had at one time we had 24 people working full time building systems and we were shipping to over 50 countries. We were selling wow. hundreds of products and we were machining that. How did you learn it? Uh, you just go. You yeah. learn it and you make the mistakes and you don't make them again. You don't make them twice. And, um, you know, I wish I, I wish there was a better answer. But did you have to make connections with oh, people? Yeah. Did you have to make connections with people that knew that stuff? So like, how did you even, Ooh. what was the first step yeah. on finding the yeah, right path? So, yeah, you think, you think the first step is like, oh, let's go hire somebody in that field. No, no, no. We, we definitely didn't do that. We would say, let's go find passionate people that are crazy enough to stay up all night and learn this. We actually, Tang, still to this day, keep in touch with this guy. Tang is one of those guys on our team uh, that just, he's so, he's so young. He's a kid. Shorts, flip-flops, t-shirt. Man, what you need? I got you. You know, he's a, he's a kid from Vietnamese that, that grew up here. Just a, one of the smartest guys I've ever met. He read the manual on a CNC machine, took one class, aced it, and ran our three CNC shops for 24 hours a day and managed a crew. Wow. Never stepped foot in a shop prior to that. It's insane. Wow. Dante, like in the very, very early days, was building our prototypes and we would just go hard after learning it. And we'd fail. We'd build another one. I've got videos, of, you know, forever long about like us in the shop at three o'clock in the morning making a major success. We'd take it to somewhere. We'd show it off. They loved it. We'd get funding. We'd go do another one. And it was just literally literally like bootstrapping an idea and hustling. Uh, now, I don't want it to sound that renegade. I think we definitely got to a point where we were polishing it and it was definitely refined. But yeah, in the early days, how did you do it? You oh, just yeah. go. Um, and, and the advice I would give is like, that's not always for everybody. That can burn people out. So I think there's a balance between like the hustle versus like, let's stop and sharpen the axe. Let's get smart about it. Let's create a process. You know, we were definitely heavier on let's go. But I think as we've gotten a little older or a lot older um, in this case, I, I think we, we, we refined that. That, but that that grit, that hustle, that passion—it's still there and stronger than ever. And yeah, so Never you can least. tell you don't you don't hide it very yeah. well. You got you got plenty of passion. That's pretty awesome. So talk about now how Defy has kind of made a switch. We don't do the gimbals anymore. And what what is it that Defy is doing now? What's Good the big question. focus? Well, we got to button up a little bit. I think we we went from the hustle of building some of the you know crazy systems that no one's ever seen before to like now engineering complete holistic end-to-end broadcast solutions. It's a fancy way to say we show up, we build some uh, incredible camera movement systems for live television, broadcast, and feature film. We make probably 10 different industry-exclusive products for live television, professional sports, uh, feature film and cinema work. Um, we've built entire ecosystems for Apple, for the Steve Jobs Theater. We've built systems that ran for the Super Bowl. We've built systems that are live television for from Jack Ryan to Game of Thrones to Avatar to all these major movies that you'd see in a, t- oh. in, in a theater. But it's 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 actually engineering a solution that can be put to work by people from, from now we're in over 60 countries and we just had a, a good client of ours from Japan show up yesterday and we built a solution for him and out he goes and it's so satisfying to go from what it was to what it is now and being able to, to truly engineer uh, an end-to-end solution. And to put skin on it, it's really, we build cable cam systems, we build dolly systems that are fully remote, fully wireless, IP-based control system with camera control. It's I get it. It's it's a lot of buzzwords, but it's, it's truly an industry exclusive that I think we're really proud to say we're one of the only ones who can build that type of solution and scale that. We, uh, we built a, a cable cam that goes 60 miles an hour in New York to, to, for horse racing. It's the longest permanent installation for cable cam, a live coverage in the world. Uh, it goes wow. 60 miles an hour. It's fully wireless and fully battery operated. And it's been outside for six straight months doing the same job every day. So it's just been wow. very, very hard, but very <laughs> rewarding. Um, and, and that growth is, you know, that's why we say we didn't go make it. It kind of found us and we kind of built our future around that, that tap on the shoulder that, that I think we've been getting. So it's been fun. 
So I kind of want to go sideways a little bit and let's talk about, cause you were talking about the finding the right people that not somebody that has a degree or knows how to yeah. do this thing or, or works in that, but finding passionate people, how, because you're, you're excellent at that. As far as finding the right people for the work, how do you, how do you find these people that have this passion and have this desire to continually learn and change? And, and because that's, I mean, everybody that works for you is a serial progress seeker. They're always challenging the norm and making things different and true. making things better. So how do you, how do you find, <laughs> how do you find those, they, those people? They find each other, right? I think it's, you know, you, they, it's, there's, there's a, I think there's an attraction when you be able to talk to somebody that's truly passionate that you being to get connect with. I, I actually like, I'm becoming more introverted as I get older, I think because of, you know, I have two young kids and a chaos dog and it's, it's utterly chaos. So sometimes I like my solitude and quiet, which is unique, but other, <laughs> other times, like I, I love uh, just talking and understanding how people work, how they think and what they're optimizing their life for. A, a, a favorite of mine is asking somebody that you just meet like, Oh, what do you do? What would, if Tabitha, if somebody asked you, Hey, what do you do? How, how would, what would you answer to that question? I don't it's know because so it's constantly so changing. <laughs> Inspiring other people to live the life that there they desire. Go. That's See, really what but we that's do. That's a so. fantastic answer because I think how do you find them? You ask you ask really blunt questions. You get to know people. And I think some of us are really questions. Some of us are really tied to our what we do, like what we're paid to do versus who we are. So what do you do is more of like learning that. And I think when you find people that are truly passionate, you you unlock something and then it's like, oh, I like this this guy or this girl that has got this passion, this idea. So once you start finding them, um, it's like, Hey, I'm working on this thing. Do you want to, you want to daily, a weekly, I, I can tell you how many people come through here and they're like, Hey, we're, we're aligning this thing. You want to, you know, work with us on this project we're doing. And we, I mean, all over the world, uh, Andrew Chandler is a dear friend of mine. He's from the UK. He's helped us build a, a an entire UK kind of R and D department. And Again, he's a surfer, loves the water, uh, loves family, just, just the utter chaos of just going out and just hustling. Um, you know, we, we, we align it's right, with an right? accent. Right, that's Australian. Sorry. Uh, but, but he's, he's got that, that base that's perfect, uh, like aligned with me, but then it's like, what else do you do? Oh, you love to solve problems and create, uh, solutions around that. And so it's just finding those people that align in that way and just gluing it all together and, and just, you know, it's not a one and done. It's, it's like everything else in life. It's a constant relationship check-in and just optimizing for what people, how people work, how they tick, what they're interested in and just keeping that alive. I, I don't take my guys for granted. There's not a day that goes by that I tell them I appreciate them, I'm thankful for them. And I truly mean it. And I think they would, they, they would tell you the same is because I, I would not be here without them. Uh, even the guys aren't in the office now that were with us in the past, the same thing. And it's, it's insane. Like you, you put that team together, regardless of what you do, if you're, you know, you're an entrepreneur building something that's just an idea in a garage, or you're working on a spreadsheet for something like it doesn't matter, like just sitting down and actually building a team around something as an idea is really powerful, but it's just that team that are aligned in that way is nothing will stop them. That's very true. Cause I still feel that to this day, I have a hard time saying I, relentless or, or defy is, I always say we are. And I'm like, wait, you're not part of that anymore. You're not we <laughs> oh, anymore. You're always part of it. it. It never leaves you. It's in your blood. That team sticks it together. Really yeah, it really does. No, it yeah. doesn't. So, so no, Drew, doesn't. I'm interested to know if, if I'm a, you know, I don't know, you've already mentioned several different, uh, you know, movies that you've worked on and, and, uh, you know, sports organizations, how are these people finding you? So the, when they're, when they're looking for you and, and out there for you, cause obviously you've built this very successful company with a outstanding reputation because you keep getting these amazing projects, but how are they, how are they going about finding you? Um, I, I think it's because the product is so unique. I think it's, 
the, what we build as the full ecosystem is is so unique that if they're looking for it, I th- hopefully we we end up in that top that top search of yeah. of, of products that does what, what what it's designed to do. But I, I also think like we've really put ourselves out there to make those introductions and connect with high level people. So Major League Baseball, you've seen our systems running for like the Seattle Mariners uh, games all last year, and you've probably even seen it run in the playoffs. Um, there's you know I I just think that there's there it's just a really specific niche i think yeah uh and i think we've built a product that fills that and so i the industry is pretty small i think i think when you look at it it seems really big but it's it's pretty small once you dial it down and you find those that are really looking for solutions you just got to make that connection so some it's, it's a bit of hustle mixed with strategy and just making good products and putting them right right in front of the right eyeballs yeah that's interesting. And I, I think, and I've heard Tabitha talk about it before too, but like even, even back to the early days, you kind of developed this whole world based off of a need that you had, right? Like and that's, and that's kind of where everything's coming from, where someone comes across a need that they have on a project they're working on and they come to you and say, man, you got to make this work. So, you know, every single, I imagine, yeah. I'm just guessing, obviously this, this is from the outside looking in big time, but I'm guessing like every single project's probably completely different, but what are some of the kind of idiosyncrasies that travel from project to project? Like what, what kind of, what kind of correlations do you see from, from the different ones that are coming in? That's a good question. Uh, One of the themes is you never have enough time. You never Uh, have enough money. You never have resources to execute it. Yeah. That is the success. That's the secret sauce of success. Actually going back to, so to reiterate, we talked about my, my love for wakeboarding is where a lot of this started. But we lived in a farming community in Missouri, three hours from a lake to ride. And we didn't, at the time, didn't even own a boat. But the lack of created the resources to go do it. And I think, I get, I used to be able to talk to schools and kids were like, oh, but we don't have film schools. We don't have technology. Perfect. Because you don't have that resource, like you have to find a solution. You have to find another way to get there. And I think- yeah. Some of those idiosyncrasies between our industry is that, yeah, you don't have the resources. You don't have the time or the money to execute it. What do you have? Like, what can we put together to make it work? And and I think it's like that is the secret sauce, I think, and the grit to make it happen. I mean, daily in this office, we, we jokingly talk about it. Uh, like, all right, guys, here's an idea. We got this opportunity. We don't have this. We don't have that. But we have this one small thing. We're like, Drew, so you're telling us we're going to do this idea with 10% of what we need? Yes. <laughs> High chance of failure, but it'll be worth it in the end. And, you know, the phrase is don't, you know, don't drew me like that. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's bad, you know, but it's, it's been a lot of fun, I think, um, to, to be able to try it. But yeah, that, that never really goes away. And I, I think that's true for a lot of industries, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's daily, I'd say. I'm daring to ask him how he was wakeboarding when there was no legs. You know, uh, yeah. The ingredients were duct tape, a skateboard without wheels, and a trampoline with a ski wow. rope tied to a tree. That's not dangerous at all. That ski rope good. Is- You're safe. You're good. Yeah, some of those parts yeah. are still in that tree. <laughs> Actually, yes, they are. in that tree, so yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think so. Yeah. I think the trigger around that. I don't that know stuff, if you heard so. too. I just heard a product Aww. right there when he was just talking too. We're going to start having t-shirts that say, don't drew me like that. Right. Like that sounds, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Swag. That's good and get stuff. one to everybody oh, yeah, over don't, there don't, to five. Don't, they buy one. So. That. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. I, I got to ask one more, you know, you know, I'm so inquisitive. I, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, sorry, Drew, totally you, you got to bear with me, buddy. We got you in here. You're on, you're on the hook now. Um, 
So I'm interested about the fact, the transition between one, a, company A to company B. Obviously, there was probably a middle time where you're dealing with both. I, I, I'd love to know what yeah. what was the, uh, how do you sever the tie from one and really kick in the gear with the other one? And what was that, what was that little process like? Uh, I still don't have an answer for that. Uh, um, and it's been many, many years. But I, I think it's, it, it's because they're very, they're in the same industry, if you will. You know, they're both film, video, one's post-production and production. We do some animation. But one is actually manufacturing and engineering, which is a completely separate side of your brain. Yeah. Um, so I've had to learn to be left brain, right brain, and then switch. And then go, you know, so it's it's a challenge for sure. But I think, you know, aside from that, I think it's it's physically running two completely separate businesses is finding the right people that can help with that switch. I haven't done it well all the time. I think there's moments when I, I can do it well. I think when I jump into Relentless and I'm working with our clients there, I'm in. I'm yeah. 100% in and I love it. And I'm just like, oh, this is so refreshing. And I go and then I'm like, oh, yeah, defy. Like, and you have to flip the switch and run back. And then that one. So there's a little bit of that that happens. And I think that's natural for, for anybody that, that can, can juggle multiple things. But I think it gets better over time if you find the right people. Um, how do you switch? Uh, you know, I think that's probably one of my weak, weaker points is that I'm all in. You know, I never stand still is the fact that I'm like all in, it's do or die, I go, yeah. okay, stop, all in, go, you know, and, and maybe that's not good advice uh, at all, obviously, but I, I, it's worked for me in, in a way because I think that I've got a good team that kind of picks up the pieces. Uh, I am kind of like a tornado uh, to, to come in and be able to create a little bit of chaos, but new nice. growth happens from it. You know, it's, it's I'm trying to put a positive spin to it, but it really is a good team to be able to make that switch and transition. Um, we're still doing it though. We're still working on it, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so, so, so what are you guys doing right now? What's top of mind literally right now? And what's, what's, what's next for you? What's, what's kind of on the docket? We have way too many products, uh, on, on doc. We're actually launching a brand new product next week. We've been really excited about it. It's, it's one of our first affordable prosumer products that, uh, nice. well, I guess I can tell you, you can buy the time, you know, we should, but it's a, it's a lightweight that's our site. This episode's going yeah, live after right. you're so, live, so you know, go it's, ahead. <laughs> it's it's one of the first, like, first of its kind. It's a fully wireless, uh, uh, battery-operated, full IP-based control system for a wireless dolly for cameras. So oh. you can install a 40-foot track in a room. You put the dolly on. You put your stabilized head on. Uh, you go operate forever away, and you have full control over uh, the camera, the, the lens, the dolly, the automation of it. And it's... You know, it's a lot of buzzwords again, but wow. it's just, it's a first of its kind, but it's actually affordable. These systems are are, are triple digits and we're making this system uh, a, a fraction of that price, um, which I think is unique. Um, nice. And we also are launching multiple different cable cam systems uh, for multiple different sports and entertainment shows. Uh, we're engineering for studios. Uh, we're working on a few feature films. Uh, it, you know, it's... It's a lot going on, but uh, yeah. you know, we're juggling it, loving every day. And, you know, I wish I could tell you specifics, but... I don't know. You know, the guys might throw their shoe at me. Yeah, that's true. How do, so how do we keep up with uh, with what you got going on? What's, what's the best way to do it? We uh, we try to do our best with social media. Our Instagram yeah. is really where we live with just updates. I think we, we have a lot of fun little updates uh, that we put on, uh, you know, just around the shop or our product launches, uh, our clients. That's a great way to see it. So we're at, nice. at Defy Products uh, on Instagram. Check us out there. It's a fun way to give us a shout out. And Very cool. Say hey. So last question, what has been your most favorite project that you've ever worked on? Maybe give me an option with, what do you mean by favorite? I don't know. The one that was the most fulfilling Fulfilling. that you just enjoyed the most. It's a, it's a a fun one to answer because I think there's some that had stretched me the most that 
uh, I think, well, I'll give you an answer of one that was the most interesting. Fulfilled, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The ones that fulfill you the most are the boring ones because you go do them and you go home. That's the most fulfilling because you're like, oh, check, moving on. But it's right. not the ones you want to talk about. So the most the memorable, enjoyable, we did this job in Hawaii um, that they they built this camera system that cost a mil- over a million dollars. It weighed over 250 pounds and it had 10 cameras in it. It was massive. So, hey, we got this cable cam shot. We built this custom cable cam for and We want you to fly it over the ocean. I'm like, great. Like, hold my beer. Watch this. Let's go. <laughs> so I fly to Maui. I meet up with the guys. And I'm like, this guy shows up in a pickup truck, a step ladder, and a come along. And I'm like, wait a second. We're flying a million-dollar camera from a tree to a rock over the ocean. Wow. With this? That ain't going to work. But instead of the come along, I said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll tie to the tree. We'll put it through redirect. Go to the front of your truck. Put it in reverse. Uh, we redneck that thing so bad. Got that line as tight as we could. Put the cable cam on. And I was like. I mean, it, it was the sketchiest like setup. But I mean, pray. Yeah, you, you squeeze your butt cheeks when you're operating that one. It was like, <laughs> oh man, it was. But like, it was also very fulfilling because it's never been done before. It was like literally four times the amount of weight that we're rated for. We built the battery solution for it. I have pictures that are just hilarious. But should we have done it? Probably not. But now I can say, oh, we've done it, and we got to uh, get to this location from a helicopter. So the guy literally uh, getting the helicopter with all my junk, throwing it in the back, puts me in the middle seat. He's flying helicopter. He's like, check out the waterfalls. You want to fly? Here, check the stick. Hold this. Check it out. I'm flying helicopter, hanging out in the middle seat through Maui, looking at Drops me off on this island. like, And he's like, I'll be back in three hours. Go rig, and we'll come back and bring lunch. And I'm like, okay. You know, wow. I was yelling Wilson after the first hour. And <laughs> I, I'm joking. No, it was, it, was, it was just definitely not the most fulfilling but the most <laughs> memorable that one was was interesting to this day it's still the most the, the one that gives me the most ptsd or or memorable yeah i'll bet Jeez, I, I bet you got a million stories like that too i, I bet there's a, I bet I there's a ton it. of them yeah that, there's some crazy ones there's some crazy ones yeah well it's funny tabitha i think i think we can safely say so the tagline drew i don't know if you know this our tagline for serial progress seekers podcast is about blueprints for building an unconventional life my friend i think you've done it um you you, you've, you it's awesome it, it sounds like you, 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 the passion that you have is is really really cool, and you've you've touched on a couple pieces of advice here. But I'd love to get you uh, get your thoughts on some advice for anyone that's listening, especially may have an idea for a product or a service. Right. Like you, you obviously had a, a, a fantastic idea, and you keep developing those as you go. So anyone out there that's listening that's got an idea that they just can't quite figure out how to bring to fruition and get off the ground, what would you say to help kind of inspire action for that? for that kind of person? Well, I get a lot of people asking advice and I was like, some of my advice I'd recommend maybe not take or get a second opinion <laughs> on because it's, it's definitely not conventional, which is probably the problem. But yeah, but honestly, and I mentioned this in my stories, but it's like with everything, when you got an idea, it's, it's grit, it's action, determination. The first name of our business was called what? Relentless. Yeah. The second one's called what? Defy. Yeah. Uh, there's Defy. that theme of like, it's the, there's no secret ingredient. It's grit. It's hustle. It's, use these, like, let's go, like, let's find a way to do it. And I think that's, you know, I wish, I wish I could give you advice, go read this book, go join this seminar, go do this thing. But honestly, like, and it's not just work harder, not smarter. It's not that I think working harder is getting, you know, it, it forced me to say, I got to sharpen the ax. I got to get smarter with it. But I, I honestly think just the grit of saying, what is that idea? What are my next steps? Getting really driven about not just being lofty in my dream, but saying, okay, I've got this vision, I've got this dream, I've got this vision. 
what am I actually doing? Like, let's take that down to earth. What am I doing today that's going to make me successful? What am I going to do this week? What am I going to do this month? Who am I going to connect with? So it's it's not just hustle grit. It's like grit mixed with process. And that is just constantly going and you will find your way. I mean, water always finds its way around. And I think that people that are driven by that, they'll find it. And it, it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay that, you know, you, you got somewhere and you just got your rear end handed to you. Awesome. Do it again. Go again. Keep going. Um, any, any successful person will give you multiple stories of, of, of that happening. And I, that's part of it. I would applaud that person, uh, because you just got to keep going and that's just part of the process. Yeah. Man, good stuff. It's always, uh, we, we have a really good time getting to do this and sit down, but it's always good to be able to talk to someone who, who just naturally fits right into the vibe, man. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on today. It's, it's cool to learn about the products, but it's even cooler to kind of learn about the person behind it and the, and the, and the, and the emotion and the passion behind it. I think that's, that's, what's really cool. And I'll tab with that. I know you probably want to close it down a different way, but like, I, I just want to say thanks for coming on, man. It's, it's, it's been awesome to talk. Yeah, for sure. Same. No, I appreciate you guys what you're doing. Keep inspiring people keep hustling keep punching let's go thanks so much for checking out this episode of the serial progress seeker podcast if you want to listen to more episodes learn more about our mission or send us questions or feedback about the show go to serialprogressseeker.com you can help the mission by subscribing reviewing rating and commenting wherever you listen to or watch podcasts